All righty, folks. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Just finished wrapping up the AFC. Week six. And it's time to get going on the NFC. I, I, I got to tell you, Wiz. I know you don't like the player that much. And we're t- I'm going to talk about Carson Wentz. But I think any other player, given the sack of garbage and injuries and issues that he's had with his team, I don't know that uh, he did this last year, too, with, with, with personnel that was very compromised. They're going to even be more compromised moving forward. We'll talk about that in a second. But I don't, I'm very impressed that how this team has stayed in and fought despite all of the woes that they have injury-wise. Your thoughts on that particularly? Yeah, I mean, I've seen, you know, I just mentioned that I've seen it happen twice to the Ravens this year. Once against the Dwayne Haskins-led Washington football team, and now against the depleted Eagles team. And well, say about Carson Wentz is this. He has more heart, more athletic ability, and more determination than probably any quarterback in the NFL, uh, or, or as much as any quarterback in the NFL. What I don't like about him is his processing of defenses, <clears throat> his ability to read defenses and make quick decisions, and the fact that he takes brutal hit after hit after hit. <clears throat> I'm just amazed that he, he stays on the field for as long as he does, but to your point, with a bunch of no-name offensive players, um, <clears throat> Zach Ertz even knocked out of the game, did nothing, hurt. They they came back and uh, was within a, a two-point conversion of uh, <clears throat> coming all the way back against the Ravens. So that was, to your point, incredible comeback. And uh, Carson Wentz played he played great in that game. I have to say that. So so it actually shapes up to be a very big game Thursday night because every game right now in the NFC East, because they're going to have only one team going to the playoffs, and whoever comes out of this team, uh, out of this division, probably with six wins first, <laughs> may be the division winner. It's it's that bad. And so Philadelphia plays the Giants this Thursday night. So I'll start off with the Eagles here and the NFC. So Boston Scott's going to get a second opportunity with Miles Sanders Basically going to be out for a couple of weeks. You mentioned Ertz. Richard Rodgers will step in at the tight end position. Goddard is not ready to come back yet. It's a receiving core that's not unlikely to get back to Sean Watson and Alshon Jeffrey anytime, anytime soon. But F- Travis Fulgham has definitely responded, and he's basically – I see no reason why you have to remove that player out of the lineup at this point in time. Ward will stay in the slot. They've sprinkled in uh, some other guys between uh, Sega Whiteside and, and Hightower – uh, but not getting significant uh, production from those players. So, you know, I guess we'll see Boston Scott and Clement. It's an offensive line that's been patched together. So there are a lot of concerns. As you said, the guy, Carson Wentz, is going to take some significant hints because it's not a good offensive line. The injuries are substantial. Uh, we talked about the Cowboys already. Uh, there are definite concerns there, so we're not gonna, I'm not going to elaborate further. You know, uh, Ron Rivera and, and the Washington football team, you know, they made that decision at the end of the game to go for two, which I don't really have a problem with. Um, the team has definitely played inspired football at times. You mentioned that game against Baltimore, they came back. But, you know, they're not, they're not going to do a lot of good things. I mean, fortunately, they're still getting decent production numbers out of guys like McLaurin. Uh, there's inconsistencies going on with a player like Antonio Gibson. I thought he'd have a bigger game this past week than he did. 
doesn't get used all that much. McKissick stays in the attack. They're, they're using him a lot as well. So, you know, for Washington, it's going to be a long season for these guys. You know, and, and it hurts It hurts a good defense. They actually have a really good defensive seven, front seven. But, you know, the fact is they're going to be on the field a lot because the offense is inept and, and that takes away from their defensive capabilities. And the Giants, you know, look, Daniel Jones is not playing great. Uh, I think I've been surprised thus far what they've been getting out of Freeman because he's played pretty well. Uh, Darius Slayton, a player that we talked about at the beginning of the year, he's certainly seen as the top receiving choice on this team. So, you know, look, the Giants look like they're going to be in games. They're, they're, they're going to stay competitive. I think so far the one thing we've seen out of the Joe Judge era is the Giants have actually not been blown out of the building, unlike their New York neighbors, the Jets. The, the Giants definitely come to play each and every week, and I think the coach has the players believing in him, which is a very different story on the other side uh, of, of, the, of the league with the Jets. So at least the Giants are coming to play. But I think the play, the play of, as you mentioned, the play of Daniel Jones has been very inconsistent and a little bit alarming for kind of the future of the Giants, I think. Yeah, you know, I, I thought he's a better fantasy quarterback than he is an NFL quarterback. I just don't like the ball security at all. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't consider that football precious enough, and he's too loose with it. And uh, you know, it's just uh, it's it's just difficult to watch him not to make that uh, progress from year one to year two. You know, it's not fair in, in fantasy football or in the NFL. I mean, the 49ers are 3-3 three and three in their division, and they're in the last place. And if they were in the NFC East, they'd be in first place. The Dallas Cowboys are 2-4 atop the division. Not going to really add much to what you said. As far as the Eagles go, not only is Travis Fulgham a player that I gave out ahead of schedule, ahead of everyone else as far as pickups go. Um, not only is he a must-start, he's entering wide receiver one you know, territory um, with the volume and the, and the game script that the Eagles are playing in. Um, you know, Fulgham is, is, is really a must-start, and uh, I, that, that's going to maintain the rest of the year. <clears throat> Nothing bad about the Giants, what you you know already said, and um, you know the Washington football team, um, Gibson and McLaurin, two good young players. I think they'll continue to play well. Let's talk about the NFC North. Forward, my beloved Vikings, who got a lot of stuff in garbage time fantasy. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen a little bit, and Kirk Cousins mostly. Um, very, very disappointing um, to get walloped at home by the Falcons. <clears throat> Enough is really said about that. We've you know, talked about the same thing. The defense has been a disappointment. Um, and Kirk Cousins' play is, has not been great, I think. Uh, you know, to start defenses against the Vikings is not the worst idea. I just, I just see a lot of interceptions and turnovers going for the defenses that are going to be playing against the Vikings. <clears throat> the Lions win. The Won a game on the road against a team that they're probably better than. We'll see how they do when they play the better teams. Disappointing in Matt Stafford, the kind of games that the Lions are playing in. They're not really opening it up. Um, 
So I'm disappointed from the standpoint of Matt Stafford. Galladay is back. Uh, I said he, you know, would be back after the rust and the bye week. That's going to be continued. With Galladay is going to be continuing to be number one wide receiver. Um, the Packers, strange thing. They were up 10 nothing in the game at Tampa. It looked like they were going to be rolling, and then all of a sudden, a pick six. And Aaron Rodgers, for the first time in I don't know how long, he looked rattled in that game. And uh, I know um, they they lost some offensive line play, and, and the pass rush was starting to get to him. But, yeah, I think they kind of you know rattled Rodgers a little bit in that game. So we'll have to see how that Packers offense looks going forward. And uh, as far as the Bears are concerned, they won another ugly game. Uh, They beat Carolina. Carolina was inside the 10-yard line so many times in that game and uh, couldn't put up touchdowns, had to kick a few field goals. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sold on the on the Bears. I mean, I think their defense is good, but I'm not sold overall on the Bears. Anything you wanted to uh, add on the NFC North? Well, look, the Bears are 5-1, and one, right? So I, I think the fact of the matter is uh, Chicago's offense is good enough to make their defense more, more relevant, I would say. Um, so I, I would say that on, on the Bears. The San Fran game, you know, uh, sorry, the Green Bay game reminded me of when, when uh, Green Bay played San Fran last year. And they look lost. And, yes, the injuries, the offensive line, Aaron Rodgers got his butt whipped for sure. So that definitely looked very, very concerning. Um, yeah, very disappointing for your Vikings. We did, we did speak about that. I think the biggest thing that comes out of the NFC East for sure this week, and we talked about this last week, the no preseason, running backs getting a slow start. But DeAndre Swift's performance in that game was a big deal. And I think we are probably in it. I, uh, I feel very confident that going forward, it'll be DeAndre Swift that'll be handling more of the touches in this backfield than anyone else kind of moving forward. I thought, you know, as we've moved away from no preseason and some of these rookies getting their feet wet, we're seeing this both in the wide receiver side of the ball and, and, and on the running backs, but I think he's a distinct candidate to be the top dog in Detroit. You know, he's had a great career, Adrian Peterson, but it's time to pass it on. So I think Swift starts to dominate carries going forward, and I think we saw the beginning of that this past week. Yeah, I mean, I I was surprised they signed Adrian Peterson off the street, basically, uh, a few days before the season started and started giving him the lion's share of the carries. Uh, In the last few years, uh, you took Kerryon Johnson with an early pick. You took DeAndre Swift with an early pick. So I was surprised they kind of did that. Their offense with the ability of, of Swift to be able to catch the ball and, and, and make big plays in the passing game will certainly give them a boost. Maybe that's what they really worked on uh, in the, during their bye week. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. And uh, go ahead. What uh, are your thoughts on the NFC South? Yeah, so I mentioned uh, coming into this week, if you remember, I was concerned both by the past receivers from the Cowboys and the Carolina Panthers in their matchups. And it ended up actually playing out for the most part. Carolina's guys definitely came back to earth this week. The Bears are a better defense. But I agree with you is that the, the Carolina Panthers have played very inspired football each and every week, despite the fact that they don't have their best player on the field with them. He'll be back in a couple of weeks for sure. Mike Davis has filled in very capable.
inescapably. But they, look, the Bear defense is solid. It's a, it's a better defense. They couldn't punch it in when they needed to at the end of the game. And uh, they stay in games. Their young defense has played better than anticipated as well. Uh, Derek Brown made a couple of really big plays in that game. So, yeah, I, I like the direction of everything. Uh, Carolina is moving in a very good direction. They kind of remind me of what's going on in Miami. I think they're the NFC version of the Dolphins. So I think you got to be happy if you're a Panther fan. I think you got to be happy with the future holds for this team. As far as Tampa Bay goes, um, that defense playing really, really well. Um, Tom Brady gets Chris Godwin back. But, you know, really, they didn't have a great offensive game in this game. It was really a defense that kind of set the, set the table for them. Uh, Ronald Jones is playing terrific football. Um, and I was a little bit skeptical about that player. And he's taken, he's definitely taken the ball and run with it, especially with Fournette banged up. And looks like he won't relinquish that job anytime soon. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons got a big win. They got Julio back. Julio had one of his Julio fantasy performances that ooze and oz people all the time. He'll do that two or three times a year. But they played very well. They got Hayden Hurst more involved in this game. Matt Ryan finally had a good game. I, I, you know, look, I was, I didn't think they'd be able to do that in this game, but they, they played very, very well. And maybe the coaching change has something to do with it. Getting, getting Dan Quinn out of the building, maybe just the negativity around that situation. And Atlanta's able to kind of get that monkey off its back and, and, and they get a win and let's see how it kind of plays out from here. The Saints were off uh, they're going to get Mike Thomas back. You know, that's kind of the biggest thing here. Obviously, he didn't play last game because of a, uh, an, an issue, um, a, a behavior issue where he punched a player. Uh, so they get him back, and let's see how that offense looks coming off a of bye week. You know, Drew Brees hasn't looked great, but he has been without his best player. So let's see where the offense moves. Certainly, from, from a game perspective, I think uh, before this week's action, uh, nobody had more yards from scrimmage than Alvin Kamara actually coming to this game. His, his usage had been increased a lot, especially with the loss of Mike Thomas. So we'll have to see how that usage continues when Thomas gets back on the field. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, the mo- you know, we'll start with Tampa Bay, <clears throat> who sit atop the NFC South at, at four and two, but... To me, the, the it, you know, to what you were saying, to your point about it really, you know, wasn't, the, the score was not indicative of a Tampa Bay offensive, you know, uh, you know, dominating the game with, with their offensive players, especially, you know, Godwin and Evans were very, very quiet. When watching the game, the thing that I was really, really amazed by was, the speed and athletic ability of Devin White and Levante David, they're two linebackers. I mean, Aaron Jones has been wreaking havoc on the NFL so far. He had 10 carries for 15 yards. They, like, they were everywhere. Pitch out to Aaron Jones, they're there. Uh, Rodgers goes back to throw the ball, they're on him pressuring him. They're throwing the ball to the sideline, they're either one of, one of them, both of them are out there covering the play. I mean, Devin White and Levante David are two guys that are just a force to be reckoned with on a Tampa Bay defense that you and I talked about over and over again <clears throat> as, a, as an elite defense. And, uh, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that's going to continue. Um, as far as the uh, rest of the division goes, yeah, not much to say about the Saints with them having a bye week. Carolina is going to, you know, has been so, so competitive without McCaffrey, more impressive. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Julio Jones did have a Julio Jones type of game. 
the question is, um, do you think that is consistent or do you think it reverts back to you just can't rely on him? You know, I just, I, at, the, at the age he is, I, I, I was skeptical coming into the season and I think his, his history has shown us that he has these big weeks and he disappears yeah. for other weeks. Now, I don't know if that changes under the new coaching staff. Maybe it does. Maybe they realize that they got to get this ball, ball to the player, especially in the red zone, which they've done a terrible job historically of. I don't know if that makes a difference or not. Dan Quinn wasn't this guy calling the plays anyway. It's the same offensive coordinator. So, no, I'm not, I'm, you know, again, Julio Jones has done this repeatedly where he'll, he'll win three games or four games a year for you. And then other games, he's going, you know, four for 33, things like that. So, no, I'm not, I'm not a Julio Jones guy. I think he's the most overvalued guy from a, the way he gets drafted in leagues and people spend money on auctions. I just don't see the reason for it. Yeah, so let's go to the NFC West. Uh, Seahawks back in action. I'm sure the cooking of Russ Wilson will continue. You know, when I watch Seattle play and I see DK, DK Metcalf, the first thing that comes to mind is how is Old Miss ever stopped on offense when they had the ball with DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown as their two receivers? I mean, I can't even imagine how they were ever stopped. But DK Metcalf is elite wide receiver one. He's creeping in that category and talk of uh, being <clears throat> one of the best wide receivers in football without question. Um, I know Kenyon Drake had a good game, including that last run at the end of the game when Dallas was completely demoralized. But I, I like Chase Edmonds going forward as the guy uh, of the two that I think will have more fantasy value going forward. The Rams, it was an odd game to watch. Cooper Cup probably played his worst game, dropped an easy touchdown pass. Him and Goff were not on the same page at all. Um, I think the point spread in that game was way off, as we talked about. I think the Rams' record of 4-1 and one with four wins coming against the NFC East. I mentioned that I thought they were living a lie at 4-1, and one and the point spread was wrong, and you know San Francisco's season on the line, and they played like it, and they won that game at home, and uh, – San Francisco's running back situation is a hot, hot mess with their top guys hurt, the guys that are left, they don't want to be, you know, workhorse running backs, but yet that's when they're at their best, when they can run the ball and let Garoppolo do things or play action. So it's going to be difficult uh, until Mostert gets back, uh, obviously, but... You know, the division is good. It has four quality teams. None of the teams are bad. Uh, I could see all four of those teams being in contention for for a playoff spot at the end of the year, certainly. So uh, anything you wanted to tack on or talk about at all as far as the NFC West is concerned? I'll tell you. Uh, I'm going to give you a funny uh, fantasy anecdote. So last week, I in, in a particular league I'm in, I have Aaron Jones and, and Matt Stafford as my quarterbacks. So I need a quarterback for the week because they're both off last week. So who do I go and pick up? I go pick up Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo basically stinks up the bed. And I don't ever remember the point total that he got for me last week. I, I think it was something like two points uh, before he departed that game. So laughed right. out of the building. I lose a game because of that decision. 
this week comes. Well, wasn't Stafford and and our Rodgers both on bye weeks? Yes, correct. So I so I had to pick up a quarterback, and he's the quarterback that I picked up. It wasn't like you chose Garoppolo over those players. They were they were on bye weeks. Yeah, yeah, but I had a choice. I could have taken Derek Carr uh, in the game, for example. I could. He was on waivers. There were other quarterbacks to take on waivers. I chose Garoppolo, and he stinks up the bed. So let's fast forward to this past week, where I have to make a decision: Who do I start? Do I start the Steeler defense against the? Um, against the Browns, or do I start the Rams against San Francisco? And what do I do? I start the Rams against San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo lights me up in the first half, and that's the end of my fantasy story for a couple of weeks. Two, 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 two lousy fantasy football decisions and two losses because of it. But anyway, that's the way the, the cookie crumbles. We've got to get back to work in that league, three and three, so we have some work to do. Um, so, yeah, just a couple of other thoughts. Uh, you know, to me, it's very clear and uh, maybe they'll start to use him a little bit more. I know Sean McVay has talked about all year. We've got three running backs, blah, 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 blah. Daryl Henderson needs to be used more. He was running off chunk play after chunk play in that game. He ended up with 14 carries for 88 yards. I loved what I saw, with, and he got a touchdown taken away. The guy runs so hard. That is the main runner to me in Los Angeles right now. Malcolm Brown is very pedestrian. They didn't even give the ball to Cam Akers this week. But when, whenever uh, uh, Daryl Henderson touched the football this week, he made a difference. So hopefully Sean McVay is watching that uh, film very closely and, and seeing what he's got there because I think it's a player who needs to touch the ball 20 times a game. His speed and, and power is something to behold, and I thought he was very impressive in, in that game. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is on Arizona, I definitely agree with you on I'm not a Drake guy, but Edmonds, to me, looks like he should be the guy to own there kind of going forward. He was not utilizing this game. I think I think just the way the game kind of played out had a lot to do with that. But in most games, Arizona's kind of going to be going back and forth, and I think he's the player that's going to benefit from that in a big way. As you mentioned, yes, the San Francisco running back situation it's not a terrific one, and I'm confident in, 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 in when it comes to the Seahawks that the cooking's going to start. I felt before the season started that this duo of Lockett and, and uh, Metcalf should be ranked in the top five in terms of receiving duos, and I stay right with that. Those two guys are really, really tough together, and uh, I look forward to getting them all back this week coming up. <laughs> yeah, there's no – yeah. Yeah, there's no, there's, no, there's no question. I mean, there's not a lot of depth there in Seattle, but as far as those two guys, as long as they can stay healthy, that, that you know, and, and the level that Russ Wilson's playing at, yeah, there's no reason to think that anytime soon that that offense is going to be stopped. So, uh, all right, so I guess we'll be back on uh, Thursday to talk about this great Thursday night game between the Eagles and the New York football giants and uh, talk about some uh, – potential free agents or proposition uh, bets that we like in the game or if we like the the game um, versus the point spread itself all right sounds good Wiz and that's Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast on Apple Podcasts Spotify SoundCloud have a good rest of the afternoon that's our wrap up for week six and uh, we start preparing for week seven there's some serious work to be done in some of these leagues (laughs) no question about it all right Wiz enjoy your afternoon you do the same